Welcome back to the final episode this week of Let's Open the Bible. It's Russ and Gavin coming at you. Good day, Gavin. Good day. <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> uh, as we conclude this uh, discussion this week on uh, patriotism, it's been an interesting conversation, one that I hope has provoked a lot of thinking in the uh, mind of the listener as they've considered uh, certain aspects of patriotism, maybe that they haven't thought of, maybe they have, maybe we've missed some things. And so again, I'll just put this out there. We have a Facebook page that you can go on to, and you can uh, certainly leave any kind of feedback you would like to, if we've missed something, uh, if we've stated something incorrectly, uh, or whatever that is. In fact, there's even a content question. You can, you, if there's something you'd really like to hear us address from, uh, from scripture, uh, please feel free to leave that on that page. Or if you know us personally, all of the above is, is true. If you know us personally, you can reach out to us. Uh, we're both very available. Today, uh, if you have your Bible and you're able to turn there, find Titus chapter 2. I mean, it's barely in the Bible, but you should be able to find it. And uh, Titus chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 7 and 8, and uh, I'm going to ask Gavin to kick us off in prayer. All right, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much that you have placed us where we are. Let it, let us be well pleased that we are um, in this nation, not because uh, it's the only nation that, that we could thrive or maybe the only nation that we will live in. You may call us elsewhere. But for now, we should be pleased. This is where you have us placed, and we should be about the business of, of making much of you, proclaiming your word to the people around us. Let us be appreciative of the things that are of you, the good things of this particular nation. Let us lament areas where we are turning from you um, and the things that are not pleasing to you. Let it, let that grieve our hearts. Let us be um, a blessing and a light to the people around us we, as we love them well. We're called to love everybody well. May we love them well and be a light to the people around us. Would you use us for that work that others will see our good works and glorify you in heaven in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. So again, that passage is Titus chapter 2, verse 7. Paul says, In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Reverence there being a... Uh, a command. We're commanded to have reverence. One thing I do want to mention, Gavin, before uh, we really get into this is uh, I know I mentioned at the beginning of the week seven countries outside of the United States, uh, at least some what listen to this podcast. And again, I want to say thank you. If you're in Zimbabwe, which was one of the countries, Singapore, United Kingdom, or whatever country you're in, even in the United States, the everything we've said about patriotism can be as applied there as it can be applied here in the United States. Well, I love that that, that um, and and we had that discussion earlier that in our sanctuary uh, we had a flag of Israel um, in the small sanctuary, not not the main sanctuary, a flag of Israel, a flag of Mexico, and a flag of the United States. Um, and uh, you know, I'm cautious about all of those things. I'll word it. I'll word it loosely. Uh, well, but, I liked what the story that you yeah, shared yeah, about yeah. you know an encounter. Yeah. So, so two of those flags have stories behind them. One of them was, and and both are cautionary tales. 
One of them was a Palestinian because out of that small sanctuary, we have a food program and, and we preach the gospel. And so we had a man standing up and, and, and sharing the word of God. And this Palestinian, I, I don't know exactly uh, their, their nationality, their ethnicity, their country, all of those things that I think we mentioned earlier uh, this week. I, I, I'm not sure of those things, but Palestinian. And she said, what about that flag up there? Uh, actually, I don't even know if it was a man or a woman. He or she said, what about that flag up there? And the person proclaiming the gospel had to explain that that uh, that the of the uh, Hebrew roots of the Old Testament. Um, and certainly there is a there is a, a celebration uh, that the oracles were given to Israel and stuff. But there's not a, a patriotism with that. And so if that if that is a stumbling block to somebody, I want to be cautious of it. You don't take out all stumbling blocks. If someone came into the, the sanctuary and, and they were a Muslim and said, why is there a Bible that speaks of Jesus Christ? I want to say, because that's what we believe with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that, that Christ is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But if something is a needlessly a, a stumbling block or a patriotically in an unbiblical way a stumbling block, you know that, that's divisive in a way that I do not want to be. And then, and then you go, okay, well, they need to suck it up. They need to just be okay with certain flags. Okay, well, the, the, the flag of Mexico was in there, um, and, and somebody came up to me and had a problem with that because it's not American. And I thought, when, when are we truly going to understand that Jesus didn't, did not just come to the tribe of Jacob? That was too small of a thing. Uh, we went over that uh, in s- several weeks ago. Jesus is calling to all people everywhere of every ethnos, every tribe, every tongue to come to him. People will flood to worship him from everywhere, every nation. Um, and, and so um, we just need to be very aware of when patriotism with pride becomes divisive. Absolutely. And I, I just want to say this. We, Gavin and I both serve in relatively small churches in um, a small community, each one of us, um, you know, and I'm in Thomas Hill. He's in Lexington, North Carolina. Uh, we're in a county that, I mean, I wouldn't assume would would have a lot of different um, nations represented or tongues uh, represented. But recently, uh, we had a gentleman who works for the state, uh, the Baptist State Convention in North Carolina. He came and he spoke and taught, and one of the things that he said, and and forgive me because I don't remember the exact number, but he did a demographic study of, it was like 10 miles radius of the church that I'm serving here in Thomasville, and it was something along the lines of 35 uh, tongues were spoken, Their, their, their national tongue, it was 35 different tongues from English just in a 10-mile radius. And so, listener, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, this is ridiculous, why are you addressing it? Well, the reality is, just think for a moment, if you're in church, if you're a pastor, if you're just a layperson in church, and you've got something that is offensive, and we're not talking about the gospel, we're not talking about the Bible, we're talking about you know some kind of, uh, of flag or, or some kind of statement somewhere, or even the mentality uh, that exists that is not inviting to any image bearer of Christ, regardless of their nationality, their language, or whatever it is, be sensitive to those things. Because I'm telling you, the nations are very 
present yeah. wherever you live. If you live in this country or probably any other country, the nations are very present, and you want to be a part of the worship of the every tribe, every tongue, and every nation that we see in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. Sure. So um, uh, somebody's going to say, well, everybody's offended over everything today. Are we just supposed to get rid of everything in the church? Is that what you're saying? We should get rid of everything in the church. And Paul said, no, I want to live as peace, peacefully with, with everyone as much as is possible. As much as it depends I want to, on you. I want, I, want to, I want to please the people around me uh, as much as it depends on me as well. So there's a Paul seeks to please people, and Paul seeks to live in peace. And we're told repeatedly that we are to um, love our enemies, to care for them. Uh, and yet, are we seeking to please God or man? So, you know, you definitely don't want to go the other way. And suddenly we're removing everything that could be a stumbling block because Jesus is the rock of offense. Right. So, so, so this takes some discernment. It takes prayer. It takes thoughtfulness. It takes Bible saturation in order to do those things. So back to Coram Deo, how should we live? So one, one way that we should live is we should be aware of, of what is of God and what is not of God. Those things of God are non-negotiable. They're, they're, they're necessarily and importantly a part of our worship service and in our lives. There are things that we have imported into our worship that are of America or of another nation or prideful or something like that that should be held onto loosely or removed, one or the other. Yeah. So th- some some of those things are not sinful and you can hold on to them loosely. Some of those are sinful and need to be jettisoned as I said before. Next, we are to be great citizens. The Bible says that we are to be as Christians uh, hardy workers, we are to work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. We are to be law-abiding citizens, Romans 13, 1, uh, also subject to the governing authorities. We are to be doing good so that our accusers have nothing to say about us, so we should be a benefit to the people around us. We are to be hospitable to strangers, generous to the poor, thoughtful to the widows orf- and orphans, concerned about justice and mercy. We are to be kind to those who are unkind. We are to be loving to the unlovable. We are called to be the best citizens that that you could possibly imagine in Christ. Those are all biblical truths. I'm not making them up and trying to make us um, wishy-washy Christians. We are to be firm in our convictions. We are to stand uh, immovably on the truth of God. Absolutely. Do not back down from a biblical truth. And sometimes that does mean uh, to the point of resisting violence or employing the the means available to us Christians to defend uh, our domiciles, our communities, the, the, the helpless and the hopeless. We are to defend them. Next, I would say that as Christians, we are to enjoy the privileges of citizenship, right? So Paul regularly said that he was a citizen of Rome. He was a Roman citizen and enjoyed the benefits of that citizenship, right? Including... Um, uh, in Acts 23, the son of Paul's sister heard about an ambush and, and, you know, Paul was taken prisoner. So he was, he was a prisoner and he heard that they were waiting for him. They had made this like, we're not even going to eat until we kill Paul. And so Paul as a citizen of Rome had the privilege of, of, of that citizenship. And he tells the centurion to take this young man into the tribute and to warn of this plot. And so there, you know, the, um, uh, Paul's, the son of Paul's sister is going to warn people of what's going on. 
And the, uh, the, the, the Tribune calls two of the centurions and he says, get ready 200 soldiers with 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to go as far as Caesarea at the third hour. And he goes, this great plot to protect Paul from this ambush. Christians, you are... Uh, first of all, a citizen of, of, of God's kingdom, right? That's our citizenship. Enjoy those privileges, the privilege of peace, the privilege of being loved by your heavenly father, the privilege of, of being accepted in Christ, of protected in Christ into the, in, Paul will, Paul says that, that, that he will be protected into God's heavenly kingdom. Um, enjoy those privileges, but you're also a citizen of, of America and you are to enjoy the protection of the law, um, especially when it's executed justly and well, right? Um, what else for Coram Deo? What else do you think of a living in light of, of patriotism? Well, you said a lot there. I, I do want to, this doesn't extend that conversation, but uh, maybe takes it in a different direction. I, I do, I do have a question and, uh, um, we've talked a lot throughout this week about, um, patriotism. That's what we've talked about all week, but, uh, you know, war and different things. And I think you've done a good job of pointing like Genesis two, uh, to provide and to protect. You just kind of touched on that a moment ago. I think that's good. To what end, uh, would be my question. So for example, if, uh, if we're, you know, we've got however many listeners, they're going to listen to this. Some of them may have concealed carry permits. Some of them just have guns at home. Uh, and, and so, you know, the question then becomes, okay, to what end do we provide and protect? If somebody breaks into my home and threatens my family, do I have the right? Is it just for me to use deadly force? Yeah, so I would encourage you as a pastor to keep going, okay, is that going to glorify God? Is, is Do you find that in Scripture? So I know some people that with pride, very ungodly pride, said, I'd love to see someone try to take my gun from me. Now, I'm not making the case whether you should or should not have a gun. I'm just saying when pride creeps in, as a pastor, you should go, okay, is that is that what's glorifying God? Um, there is a biblically prescribed right to protect your domicile. I think that's the case that, that uh, maybe Augustine made when Jesus threw the money changers out of his father's household because, I mean, violently threw them out of his father's household because that was his father's house. And you have made it into a den of thieves instead of a house of prayer. Righteous indignation. Righteous indignation. So there's commensurate force. There are a whole bunch of other things that would fall into play a place for a Christian to defend his domicile. Now, there's another way that you could go. Put away the sword because if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And do you know that, again, Fox's Book of Martyrs is filled with Christians that willingly went to the proverbial cross, but to the literal grave for the name of Jesus, okay? So you have your Jim Elliott, who with Nate Saint and, and uh, Roger Yadarian and what the five men in uh, that went to the Wadani tribe of the Alka Indians in Ecuador, they, they had a gun. They shot, from what I understand, in the report of the men, the, the, the Wadani men that killed them, they shot, I think, one shot in the air, and five men were speared to death, willingly dying and not protecting themselves for the name of Jesus Christ. And those five men died, and where are they now? As, as much as we are able to know this, where are they now? They're in glory. Where, If they would have shot those Wadani men, where would those men be? 
absolutely, according to my belief, and there's there's no other way to heaven other than Jesus Christ, those men would have been in hell. After those men killed the five missionaries, the Wadani men killed the five missionaries, the tribe, from what the reports I've heard, almost to a person were saved. Ironically, the very man that killed Nate Saint, he later was treated by Stephen Saint, Nate's son, who was not there but grew up without a father. The man that killed his father when he was saved and regenerate became a father-like figure to Stephen Saint um, and a grandfather figure to Stephen Saint's children. They had that kind of relationship because it had redeemed, been redeemed in the blood of Jesus Christ. So I have great respect for men that say, I, I will protect to the best of my ability my children or my, my wife. And I am willing to die for Jesus. And then you work that out personally, prayerfully, biblically, not based on tradition or pride. You work it out to what extent you would. You would. So, so I am next to a pacifist. My wife and I have had conversations about what it means if we would be attacked and what it means if, if I would be you know, attacked. Um, I, I think because of the nature of who's saved and, and not knowing the, the uh, not fully being confident of the spiritual condition of my children, I would defend them violently and with force. That, I, I, that, is, that, is a, that is something that I think Christians have to wrestle with. What are your thoughts? I, find, I think that you gave a, a good, a really good answer. Um, I think that, uh, well, one, one of, the, one of the pastors that when I listen to, to preachers preach on podcasts, which I don't do very often, one of them I listen to is Swindoll, and I've heard him say from the pulpit uh, that uh, if anybody breaks in his home, you know, they're going to eat some lead. I mean, I forget exactly how he worded it. It wasn't quite that crass. Uh, but I was just really, really surprised to hear him say that. I mean, it really surprised me. Like, I would repeat that story as I am here, although I would try to do a little bit better if I was somehow going to, you know, if that was relevant to whatever I was preaching. But I would make sure uh, and, and present it in its proper context. I would never say that about me. Now, having said that, um, I do have concealed carry. We do have a handgun, and I pray I never need it. Like the last thing I want to do is ev is to ever have to be put in that position to make that choice. So, so I dance around this. Maybe I've danced around it too much. Let me just say that that you know I, I said this before. Ten of the twelve disciples died as martyrs. John died of old age, uh, from what extra biblical sources tell us. Only one died uh, according to scripture that we know of in scripture. Extra biblical sources indicate that that ten of the twelve died. Judas hung himself. John died uh, of old age, and the others died violently. Uh, they they were executed, right? And so, it, it, Christ gave us the example to follow, which is not it's to take precautions. It is to lower ourselves in a basket if we find a plot against us, like out, out of a wall in a basket to protect ourselves, or to have a cadre of soldiers escort us past an ambush, which we just mentioned. Like Paul utilized those tools, and yet in the end, my life is not the most valuable thing. Christ tells us that we are to hate our lives by comparison to serving Him. Like if you're going to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. Yeah. If that's the most important thing, you're going to lose it. So if somebody says, you know, it's either my life or his, listen, how about this? How about we look at it instead of physical lives? If you seek to gain and hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. Let's, let's change it. Let's talk spiritual. 
if it is a spiritual benefit to me or to him, I want to make that decision. And so to, to not mince words at all, if somebody comes into the sanctuary to kill me, I don't mind someone throwing a chair at him or me running at him and trying to bump him or something like that. But if there's no escape and he says, I only came to kill your pastor, I, and this is going to be very controversial, but I hope that no one would shoot him dead. Now it doesn't mean we don't try to tackle him or, you know, me run out of there or, you know, or me, st- I, I know I hope I wouldn't run out of there, but it doesn't mean that I don't do something to, to, um, to preserve my life. But I know where I'm going. I know that I will be in glory and he'll just hasten the trip to, to the better than my best day here on earth. So I hope that I would die. If he comes to attack anybody that I don't know their spiritual condition, I hope that I would defend them even violently against such an attack so that, listen, if, if it's an unsaved person versus an unsaved person, the aggressor is the one that will be dealt with. Is that, is that clear enough? Yeah. Okay. And if, and if anybody goes on the mission field, I think you forfeit the right to self-defense. I, I mean, in a, in a life-taking way. Certainly, you don't forfeit the right to self-defense in, in a, um, you know, to, to minimize the effect of the attack or anything like right, that. Right, You don't use, it's not that you're not going to use means to try to defend yourself. It's or that or hide not, or whatever you, else. Yeah. Right. But. And, and then you have people going, whatever happened to the Christian man, the masculine man? And I understand that. We have become very effeminate. And I, that, I, I lament that. That bothers me immensely. But my masculinity needs to be defined by scripture rather than by some distorted form of patriotism or a distorted form of masculinity. Yeah. You know, so, so again, I, I want to come back to scripture always and say, I, I land here because that's what God's word says. And, and God word, God's word does say, you know, act like men, be strong, yeah. but then follows it right with love. Hmm. Well, a lot to think about there. Uh, listener, I appreciate your uh, being along for the ride. Let us know what you think. Uh, as I said, you can go take to Facebook. Uh, you can contact us. I know this is a sensitive area. Uh, we have a, a lot of a lot of people that uh, are, you know, second Second Amendment, uh, you know, and and very sensitive about the you know the government taking away guns and different things like that. And that's not at all what we're talking about. Right. I'm just I'm but, aware that some people that are very intimately uh, in, involved with their right to bear arms and use them. Right. I love how you brought that up because I think us Christians are drifting more towards the Constitution, which I hope and pray has been informed deeply by God's Word, is not divinely authored. It is not inspired in in a uh, plenary, uh, word for word, jot and tittle sense of the word. You know, Thomas Jefferson was a deist. Um, you can look that up. That uh, you know, it's it, it just means God spun the world and got out of the way. He famously cut up his Bible. So so it's not as if we believe the Constitution is inspired. When I go back to what is right and wrong about concealed carry, gun permits, and anything else, um, and I'm not against them. I'm not attacking the Constitution at all. I'm just saying that's not where I stop. Right. Very good. So uh, continue to wrestle with these things, listener, if you would. Uh, Continue to open your Bible. Let us know how you feel about these things. Uh, And uh, until we come back together on Monday, 
I would to God that you would be in God's house, that you would be praising him and worshiping him and enjoying him and that opportunity to praise him. God bless. We'll see you Monday.